Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brames. Today on the podcast, we have Patrick Omois and Dr. Ron Mackey joins us again. And Dr. Mackey has been with us a few times. So Patrick, I'm going to start with you and just have you uh, introduce yourself and where you serve before we, we get in a little bit of an update from Ron if, uh, and let him share. So Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you're serving, what you're going to be uh, doing here in the near future for Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries. Yeah, like Dr. Abraham said, my name is uh, Patrick Omoa. I was born and raised in, in Africa, Kenya, uh, where I went to school. And we were we are only two in my family. I mean, me and my elder brother, I'm Beyangi, so kind of spoil a little bit, but uh, that's okay. I went to school there and uh, did my uh, high school, went to college. And the Lord was gracious enough to allow me and give me an opportunity to to also uh, go to a seminary for three years. And then after that, uh, um, lived there for a while and then uh, got open doors here. And I came to the United States. It's been now 20 years since I've been to the United States. I came to go to school and uh, God was gracious enough, gave me the opportunity to go to school. I started off uh, while going to school, you know, I had to uh, put bread on the table. So I started working um, in the uh, healthcare field. I started off as a CNA. Uh, for those who, are, who don't know what a CNA is, is a certified uh, nursing assistant. Uh, you kind of assist the nurse uh, in taking care of the resident or patients. And then uh, after that, I did a CMT, which is a, a certified medication technician, and that uh, entails uh, passing medication, uh, doing a, a small scripts and you know uh, just like uh, we call them treatments but they're not really invasive and after that um the lord opened doors again you know there was 9 11 and after a while there was a day i was sitting in my house just uh one of those days that i had a, a time off and i was watching the uh the 9 11 tv and uh, i saw people just falling down you know jumping and there was I was just, uh, I didn't know what to do, but in uh, this country has been very, very, very good to me. I thank God for, for this country. I've had opportunities that I've no, never had anywhere else. And uh, I'm really grateful for that. And I was like, what can I do in return? So I decided I'm gonna join the army. I was kind of up there in my, in my age because I was already, uh, I joined the military by the way, and most people are surprised that I did join. I was already 40 years old when I joined the military. But uh, God is good. I was in good shape. And I trained and trained and went there. And uh, uh, the recruiter was like, are you sure you want to do it? I said, yes. I made up my mind. I want to do this. And I went through the physicals, tests and everything. And it came out that uh, I was OK. So I joined the military. And uh, I served as a behavioral specialist for, for eight years. I worked with a psychiatrist. I worked with a psychologist just helping our veterans. Uh, I mean, at that time they were active duty, uh, just helping them with the coping. You know, war is, uh, is really damaging in a way, uh, whether you win or lose, war leaves you scarred. Hmm. So most of these veterans are uh, coming back. At that time they were still active. They had a lot of issues that needed to be dealt with. Some of them just needed someone to, to vent, to talk to. And some of them needed to 
to be taught new skills to adapt to the new environment because now they're coming from war and now they have to integrate in the society again, which is a different, different environment. But, uh, uh, and that's what I did until I came out, I uh, finished. Then I worked for the Johnson County in Kansas. There I worked with the developmentally and intellectually disabled. And most of them also have psych issues, developmental issues. Some of them, you know, they need uh, to be coached on day-to-day -day, um, ways of living and just uh, make them to be functioning as much as they can. And uh, after that, I, I got my license as a nursing home administrator because doing all this, I was still going to school. And I had finished my master's uh, in a, a health administration. So I decided, you know, let me do this so that I can, I can make a difference in the lives of people. Because as an administrator, you have a, a little bit of latitude. You can shift things a little bit than a nurse. A nurse, you know, the doctor writes a script. And most people maybe don't know this. Uh, in healthcare, uh, you cannot, in a facility, you cannot give a resident or a patient even Tylenol or Tums hmm. without a doctor saying yes, okay, give. I know the reasons why, and, but some people be like, oh, we just do it at home. I feel some upset stomach and I just grab some Tums and all that. But hmm. in, in this field, you cannot. So it's like uh, you are tired. Everything, he has to say yes. And I get it. I, I know the reason why, because... Sometimes you may give and they have a, a, um, a condition that maybe counteract with the medication without you knowing, because he, he knows the overall picture and you know this piece picture. So sure, I kind of get it why, so yes, sir. I'm married and uh, me and my wife, we have uh, seven total. Uh, we, uh, we have one girl and uh, six boys. And the last one is just in college now. Uh, he's a first year freshman. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you for giving us that update and introducing us to yourself, Patrick. Uh, Dr. Mackey, is there anything that you would like to update uh, the listening community on since uh, you, you were last on the podcast a few months ago? Sure. I, well, I'd, I'd like to point out that Patrick is one of the answers uh, to our prayers for new leadership at Smithville. And uh, I, I have to tell you, it is, a, it is an answer from God uh, to have Patrick be in that position and to have him come to that position with his experience as a nursing home administrator, but also as a, a military veteran. I think that that is key and very important to what we're trying to do uh, at Smithville. We also have a new administrator for our Adrian location. Uh, Ron Pence is actively working there, doing some of the same things that you are doing, Patrick, uh, cleaning up an old building that needed to be cleaned up. <laughs> and uh, we've also hired a new administrator for our Arcadia Valley uh, facility, Daniel Stiles, and he will be moving from Oklahoma uh, to the Arcadia Valley and will begin around the 1st of February. So with that, we have uh, our, our senior staff in place for all of our facilities that we've currently got. I, I would uh, state that um, we almost weekly are receiving uh, calls uh, from folks who have potential facilities or property or, or some, some kind of uh, process whereby they would like to invite the Baptist home uh, to come to their area. I've been with the Baptist home for 21 years. 
I have never in that time period seen this level of interest in people approaching the Baptist home, not just with, hey, you need to come to my town, but with, hey, you ought to come to our town. And by the way, here's a facility Hmm. that you can have for pennies on the dollar, or here's some property that we might consider donating. So it's a real blessing. Uh, it, it is, um, it does uh, require a certain level of dexterity to figure it all out and keep it all in front of you. Uh, so we are, we are moving forward. And, and I heard somebody say last week at our board meeting about Dr. Harrison that if you're going to work with him, you need a seatbelt for the car. And I, I, would, <laughs> I would very much concur with that. So that's just kind of an update on, on where things are at. And, and Dr. Harrison's car, by the way, is a flying car. He's, he's living in the future, right? So no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Yes. yes. Okay, great. Well, you know, uh, as you just mentioned, Ron, uh, you, there are a few new facilities that are coming online that will be coming online. And Patrick, you are going to be the administrator for one of those in Smithville. As Dr. Mackey just mentioned a moment ago, you are, you have a unique aspect because you are you have both a healthcare background. You also have a veteran presence uh, from the military perspective. So why is this is for either one of you? But but Patrick, we'll start with you. Why is Smithville an important addition to the Baptist Home and Healthcare Ministry family of facilities? I would say it's important because I know um, the the Baptist homes that they you know they have they have been. Uh, reaching out and, uh, and helping their veterans one way or another. But this one will be a home exclusively for veterans. And uh, that's, uh, that's a unique, a very, very unique home because uh, in the state of Missouri, we have just a few uh, veteran homes. And as you are aware, we have had all this, of these walls and uh, we have a lot of uh, people that need services. Mm-hmm. Most of them, uh, the other day I was speaking to one that, uh, uh, the dad had to wait for three years just to get in. And unfortunately, he got in and uh, didn't last for three months. I mean, wow. it's just ionic. But uh, that just tells you how there's demand for services to our veterans. And uh, this home just being a unique one, because this is where we will mostly deal with uh, veterans who have PTSD, uh, motor injury, and uh, such like, of course, we, we're gonna have some other mix in there because we don't just don't wanna have PTSD and uh, Moringer only. We're gonna have all inclusive, but they will exclusively be veterans. And so far, I don't know of any place uh, in, the, in the state of Missouri, a home that is exclusively for veterans apart from this one. And so we are excited about it. Uh, we will have a chapel. Um, most of the home don't have chapels and we have a, a full-time chaplain on board. And especially for these guys who have had a PTSD and a more injury, there's no greater need like for them to have a chaplain on board whom they can reach out and say, maybe I'm feeling like this 24 hours. And we will have chapel services. We will have, you know, during even the course of the week, we will still have services, prayer meetings, and also there will be accorded uh, opportunities for other uh, community services to come in, uh, groups like AA, because unfortunately people who suffer from PTSD and uh, more injuries, some of them kind of tend to self-medicate with uh, substance abuse, uh, maybe alcohol and stuff like that. And they need help, you know, just uh, 
with the mind and also with the, with the coping skills of that you don't need to use this to, to get well because it only makes it worse. So we will also incorporate the, the, you know, the community services. So I'm really excited about it. Ron, do you have anything further you'd like to add to that? Well, I, I would just like to add that at this campus, we are also looking at the idea of this being a church plant. There is a basement area that has a separate entrance. Uh, and so our campus pastor, our chaplain, will also serve uh, as the lead in this uh, church plant initiative that we have going on there. And I, and I think that's, that's really interesting because as the home will be focused on veterans care, I think there'll be a natural cultural outgrowth that this church plant will also focus on, on the veterans community. My, my son is an active military uh, personnel. He's in the Missouri National Guard. I uh, spent five years in the uh, regular army uh, in the 82nd Airborne. And I am amazed that no matter where he goes, no matter what he does, there is this natural, innate ability on his part to find military personnel in whatever crowd he happens to be in. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but whether it's whether it's church or going out for dinner or, or whatever, it, it's just innate, you know. And so I, I think this this opportunity at Smith will 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 help us one reach out to the veterans community, which is deeply needed. Uh, but also help us reach out probably to that veteran community who doesn't need health care at this point in their life, but they do need uh, that spiritual uh, care. So it's, it's a great opportunity for us. And, and the building just laid itself out very uniquely uh, for that opportunity. Once you got past all the mess that was <laughs> on every surface everywhere in that building. So. We're going to talk about the, the cleanup and stuff in a minute, but, uh, Patrick, I want to I want to deflect where we were going for just a moment. You mentioned moral injury a few moments ago, and several months ago on the podcast, we had a, uh, a, a I believe he was a chaplain. I believe he's in the reserves right now in Missouri, and uh, we'll try to link to that in the show notes. I'll, I'll try to make that that note uh, for later. But for those who are maybe just joining listening to this podcast for the first time, could you just spend a couple of minutes uh, helping people to understand what moral injury is, if that's a, a term that's foreign to them? Yeah, moral injury is whereby you you are asked to do something that uh, uh, goes against your uh, deep belief. It could be spiritual, it could be uh, your upbringing, it goes against that. So there are people who kind of, for example, join the military and uh, they go out there and they do stuff that is required militarily, but it goes against their moral, uh, moral upbringing, either their church or, or the, just the way they were brought up. And that causes conflict in them. Mm-hmm. Some of them end up being feeling guilty. You know, yes, they did what they were asked to do, but it, it went against what their norm is, what they believe in. And it's not just about military. It could be any other setup. Sure. But it, mostly this one is experienced uh, pre- prevalently in the military, uh, veterans have that. So, so in a nutshell, that's how it is. More injuries, you do something that you is against your conviction, against your faith. But of course, it may be lawful, like you know, you're a soldier, and you have to go and uh, take out the bad guys. And in, the, in, in unfortunately, in the process, you end up 
killing a kid, maybe three or five years. And yes, it was right. You had to do what you had to do, but you didn't envision that there will be what we call collateral damage, as people say. And that may, be, may live on with you all the rest of your life. And people will be wondering what's wrong with him. And those are some of the things that some people are not, they may not say. A lot of people suffering from more injury, most of them sometimes don't even say. Sure, sure. Thank you for that. I think that will help, again, those who are uh, maybe new to that term overall. And, and again, I'll, we'll try to put something in the show notes that uh, people can go back and listen to that previous conversation uh, from, I believe, earlier in 2021. So, Patrick, Ron, uh, Ron, you've alluded a couple of times to the fact that we have uh, this new facility with the Baptist Homes, and there's some cleanup that needs to be happening, same in Adrian and whatnot. So, open to either one of you at this point, but what preparations are being made right now on the Smithville facility? What What is going on at Smithville to prepare for this this influx of veteran residents in the future. Patrick, I'll defer to you. Okay, thank you, sir. <clears throat> I would say uh, we are really, uh, like he mentioned, you know, the place was a mess. You know, it was like, a, I think when they were closing, maybe it was just like a, a bell rang and everybody was told, stop what you're doing, out. You're done here, you're gone. So everything was just like left, you, you come in and, uh, and uh, uh, Dr. Harrison was saying the other day, it was like a rapture happened here. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, that was, that's what he said. I, I laughed about it. <laughs> rapture here because everything was just left the way it is. You know, plates, you know, paperwork. Even, even right now, I got some paperwork here that should, shouldn't be here because some of them are medical records, you know, and uh, I had to kind of take care of that to do any cleanup. But we are progressing very well. And to say the truth, the, the community has been very impressive. Even the church community, we have had volunteers here over and over and over. And they come and work and work and work. We are almost there. We have done a lot. We stripped the ceiling. We have stripped the rooms. And it's just a few here and there stuff that's remaining. But we are almost there. And the, the place, you know, is going to be... It was, a, it was more than 100, licensed for more than 100, but we are going to bring it down to around 40, 43, 45 there, total. Uh, the plans are still being tweaked by the uh, architect, so uh, I don't know exactly what the, the, the number is going to be finally, but we are looking at around 43, 45 out of uh, more than 100. So some of the rooms, the walls will be, have to be torn down uh, some things being rearranged here and there because we want to make this a home that where the, the veterans will come and feel at home. Hmm. Previously, they were staying two per room. And you, you can understand, some of us, you know, we, we have a two-bedroom house, one-bedroom house, three-bedroom house, and garage and, and man cave and all, all that. And now you, you are brought and squeezed in one room, two of you, mm -hmm. and you only have your own section. Uh, Mikey there maybe likes the Royals, or uh, I know he likes that. Uh, uh, what's, which, uh, that what's your team in uh, Los Angeles, uh, brother Ron? Oh, the, the Cardinals. Yes, yes the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> he likes the Cardinals playing, and maybe I like the Chiefs playing. And he cranks up his TV. I crank my TV. And then in the end, we, we almost, uh, uh, because it's one room. So you can mm -hmm. see it's a, it's, a, it's a dignity issue. It's really mm -hmm. a dignity issue because, you know, I mean, 
people should not live like that. I get it. Sometimes people look at the bottom line, you know, let's squeeze them more so that we can make more out of it. But a Baptist home is a unique. What they're doing is they're looking at the making the veterans comfortable, making them like to, to be here. You know, they come in, they're in their own room, their own privacy. If they want to pump up the volume, they you know, whatever they, they want to do. And so that, and, and, and that's important. They have given so much for, the, for, 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 for us. That's right. So let's at least give a token back to them. That's right. Very good. Ron, do you have anything to add to that at all? I, I, I think, Patrick, that was very well said. Um, you know, one of, one of the things, uh, when we first came into the Smithville facility, Rodney and I uh, toured, toured that early on, and uh, Patrick is very accurate. It literally was like a bomb went off. And, and then we, what we learned was, due to COVID and, and other circumstances, the corporate uh, offices called this facility and told the administrator, um, get everybody ready to go. Ambulances are arriving and we're moving everybody. And I believe they had around 30 people. And there was just this stream of ambulances that came and picked up these residents, took them out of the facility and took them to wherever uh, they were going. When Rodney and I came in the building, we, we found lunch was apparently being served because there was food still on the table. <laughs> wow. Um, I went back into one area of the building and, and there was this on the bed, this collection of photographs and mementos uh, from one of the residents. I mean, these were personal belongings wow. that were just abandoned. You know, I remember when I when I looked at the facility at that point in time, you know, I'd looked at all I looked at, you know, worn out air conditioning units and plumbing and all. I'm a I'm a I grew up in a contractor family. And so I'm looking at all of those costs. And then when I saw what was on this bed, it just overwhelmed me. I'm like, this was a human being hmm. whose dignity was just robbed from them. And so this opportunity allows us to deal with human beings who over time and in history, a lot of their dignity has been taken from them. Uh, you know, the, the next wave of veterans to come into long-term care will be those Vietnam veterans. They didn't come home to parades, mm -hmm. you know? They, they left um, having mostly been drafted by their country to go do a job, to do a task. They did their task while they were gone, life at home changed drastically. And when they came home, all of a sudden, they were the objects of scorn and, and mm -hmm. anger. And, and, and there's a lot of brokenness there. And this old building, wore out as it was, and misused as it was, is going to be an opportunity for us to restore some people. And uh, I, 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 um, it's, it's one of the best things I've ever been able to be a part of. And that's, that's really a great thing. So. Mm -hmm. I, I, you both used the word dignity, and, and I think that's so appropriate uh, in that conversation. So in addition to the uh, preparations on the building right now, obviously, Patrick, you are in place as the administrator in a facility of a facility that will not open for months. Uh, as you said, the architect's still working on what the final layout's going to be to, to uh, maximize these single 
occupancy rooms and that kind of stuff. Uh, what are you doing? What, what preparations are you making personally right now as you p- prepare for to, to be able to serve these veterans in the future? Uh, what I've done, uh, actually, I've visited uh, some of the, uh, the the state veterans' homes just to kind of see uh, how they they are being run and uh, just uh, kind of get to know uh, what the interests are because you know you you we don't want to say okay here and maybe that's not what they're interested in so you know go there see uh, are they interested in games are they what are are they interested in going outings and if they're outings where specifically are they mostly interested in? Do they like going to games? Do they like going to the movies? Stuff like that. So that once we are open, we, we're gonna co- incorporate that. In fact, in the designs, we, you know, we are looking to that and kind of getting ideas just to see that uh, we have everything just right. So that whenever they come in, it's just like at home, coming back home, as we put it. Okay, okay. Very good, and also just uh, praying, you know, um, because you know is is a is a is a is a, a big undertaking, yeah. And I've, it's something that hasn't been done. And you know, when you are the pioneer or maybe the guinea pig, and maybe put it that way, you, I mean, you kind of want to uh, benchmark, see what others doing. Uh, of course, it just it hasn't been done, so you kind of you are the first one to do it. Uh, as they. Dr. Harrison calls me the, the founding, you know, and that's a big title. <laughs> sure, sure. A big title. So, yeah. Five, 10 years from now, you may have people calling you and say, what did you do? How did you do this? Right? Correct. Yes. Or maybe you failed in this area. And that's okay, because that's, that's life. Sometimes we, we learn from our mistakes and make it better. So I am I, continually praying that God will give me the wisdom and, uh, and the knowledge and just guiding me in the right direction and uh, the right sources that will be beneficial to our undertaking. That's great. So, Patrick, what are you looking forward to the most when when the facility is open? What uh, what, what lights your fire now, knowing that there's something to come later uh, for you when, when the veterans are are filling the home and and walking the aisles and such. One thing I, I even uh, shared sometimes back with during my interview in, uh, uh, with Ron uh, when they um, they were bringing me on board and uh, and I told him you know I I just envision one day walking in that facility with uh, service flags in the lobby and just to be proud of it you know and shaking somebody's hand oh where did you serve I was a marine oh where did you serve I was a... and uh, how was the experience you know just mm-hmm. that camaraderie. And I'm looking forward to providing the best services that, that that's possibly you know in the uh, in, in our present world because uh, there are many challenges. Don't get me wrong, but uh, uh, with the help of God, I'm I'm confident that we we're gonna have a model uh, home here for the veterans. And mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong, we're gonna have more spring out. I'm not saying they're gonna be like this, but I can see it coming up. Very good. I, I think that's great with the with the service flags and such. Ron, as as we are months away from this process happening with just the Smithville home, uh, and as you said, Adrian, and and uh, there are others that that you mentioned you're receiving contact about how you how you respond how the baptist home respond. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into that. But what other announcements? What other 
bits of information and interest can the listeners uh, expect in the coming months from the Baptist homes as it relates to Smithville, to Adrian, to whatever? What what else uh, is coming in the in the future months? Well, I, I think one thing to, to make sure people are aware of is our Independence location, uh, which we purchased this last or this year, excuse me. Uh, we are remodeling that currently. Um, we what we've done is we've we've shut down half of the building, and we've moved the residents to a single area, and we're remodeling one half, and then we'll move the residents to that newly remodeled area. <clears throat> where everyone will have private bath. And then we will remodel the other half of the building. On that campus, there's also a, a, a separate building that had been used for residential care. And we are remodeling it and getting it ready for independent living. Hmm. And um, this is Tuesday. I have had three phone calls already this week uh, from folks who want to know when independence will be open. Uh, so, you know, that interest level is, is really exciting there. Uh, we're doing the same thing at Adrian and at Smithville. You know, we, we have the Smithville is going to be a large undertaking. Um, basically from, from the roof to the windows, we're, we're redoing everything. I don't think we're going to have to replace the brick fascia. I hope not, Patrick, but uh, no, no. Don't, don't let anybody tear that off. But uh, uh, practically everything else is, is going to be redone. In Adrian, it's a simpler process. And uh, we are also, um, uh, we are looking at a, another facility in far Northwest uh, Missouri. And there's a possibility that that, that that opportunity could come about as well. Um, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that I'm really excited about is we have, we've received a gift uh, from a family who are residents at our Ozark facility. And uh, this gift is going to allow us to build a 12 unit assisted living building uh, on that campus. And our plans are that we're going to build this first one while we raise money for a second one. Hmm. What we really need in, in Ozark is more uh, care beds. We have about 60 uh, independent living um, units on that campus and about 60 care beds, which gets a little bit difficult at times because your independent living is always eventually needing that care, and you're also trying to keep that care full from the outside. So we're, we're trying to get that one back in, in balance. But, you know, I, the interesting thing about it, by the end of 2022, uh, our population could probably double from wow. Baptist home. And that's, uh, uh, that's a pretty swift schedule for a 109-year-old company. Very so. much so. Like you said, put your seatbelt on. Right. Amen. right. Yeah. Amen. And, and that and that doesn't count uh, for, for the listeners. Go back and listen to the previous set of podcasts, because what Ron is talking about there does not count Baptist Homes Hospice. And right. that was Dr. David Sundin, uh, that was the previous set of episodes. And by this time next year, that should be up and running uh, as well. So, gentlemen, I, I appreciate it. Is there anything else? Uh, pa Patrick, do you have any kind of time frame on when the 
facility will be open, when you will begin taking uh, applications, like Ron just said, getting calls about independence. Uh, I know there's a lot of work to do. This is well into the future, but do you have any kind of time frame at all that you that you could share uh, with those in case themselves or, or their family or, or somebody else might have some interest uh, in the Smithville facility? Yeah, we, we are projecting to, to be open by next fall, God willing. Uh, that's where the projected uh, timeline. Okay. Okay. Yes. So is there anything else that either one of you would like to share? Perhaps something I, I didn't ask that uh, you think would be helpful for the audience to know at this time? Um, I would like just to say that uh, we, we, we need their prayers um, because, uh, like I said, it's a new undertaking. And uh, like uh, uh, Ron has equally mentioned, the place is really needs a lot done. So for us to, to come to a place where we want it to be, it's going to need some finances. And uh, I'm praying that God will continue to provide because he's faithful. Uh, Save and God belongs to him. And uh, also... We just thank the churches because they have seen the willingness, I've seen the, the spirit that's flowing out there. And I'm really encouraged. I'm really encouraged to, for what they're doing. And also that God will provide, a, uh, people who provide Christ-like because you can have the, the most wonderful modern facility, but if you don't have the right staff to provide the care, mm-hmm. then uh, it, it doesn't work out. Right. And also like we, we are targeting people who have been uh, who have more injury and PTSD and all that, they are fragile community. There are people who need to trust you uh, to even open up to you. They really have to trust you that uh, you have the best of their interests at heart. So I'm just praying that uh, everybody continue praying with that, that we get the right stuff as, as we build a nice home for our veterans, that uh, we get a good employees, that we provide the care that uh, is needed, you know, the care that is uh, respectable, uh, the care that's d- dignified, the, the care that is a, is a understanding because sometimes, you know, they may be having a, a bad day and it takes a better person to understand that he may be yelling, but maybe he doesn't mean it that way. He's just going through a rough time. Yeah, it's, it's what distinguishes the Baptist homes uh, and healthcare ministries from others. It's not care for the aging. It's Christ-like care for the aging, right? And so yes. uh, that's that's what that's what you're looking for. What we're looking for here, uh, Ron. Any any thoughts from you and or prayer uh, items that that you might mention as well? Well, I, I would just concur with what Patrick said about uh, the appropriate staff, um, nice facilities with inhuman, distant care. Um, you know, we don't live in a mall. We might hang out there, but that's not home. Uh, so what we are needing is for people who God has touched, uh, who have a compassionate heart, uh, who can reach out and care and love people where they're at, uh, and, and help them find the hope that they need in their, in their aging process. And that is a calling, you know, and, and it, we, we, we really are in a unique setting uh, in that regard. The whole nursing field is not designed around uh, elder care. It is designed around mainly origins of life and early life. Uh, and, and so to find those people, that is the strategy. That is the, the real challenge to find someone who, who understands how to, how to love on an aging person 
And when we find them, oh man, it is, it is beautiful to watch, uh, to see how that works. Uh, but that would be the prayer I would ask. And, and just, you know, to, I would I'm be so bold as to say, if there's anybody listening out there who has a healthcare background, um, I just pray that God would touch your heart. And uh, we're going to need your support. We're going to need your help. And uh, there's some people who need to be cared for. And if God's speaking to you in that way, reach out to Patrick or I, we will, we will, we will certainly have that conversation about that. Okay, great. And, and, and if that is you, uh, as Ron said, just contact the Baptist homes, go to the website. Uh, you can find Patrick Omois name there, Dr. Ron Mackey's name there and uh, reach out to them or, or perhaps somebody else. And uh, they can, they can get you in contact with either Patrick or Ron and, and move forward from there. So gentlemen, I, I do greatly appreciate you uh, joining biblical perspectives on aging today and and uh, allowing others to hear about this new opportunity for care for the veterans uh, i think it's a great opportunity and and i think you both communicated what you're looking forward to uh from this which is obviously representative of what the baptist homes uh, is hoping to do so uh thank you for joining us and and uh look forward to patrick maybe this time next fall or thereabouts, uh, when, when it's been up and running for a couple of months, we can have you back on and, and you can update our listeners exactly on, uh, what, what has transpired over this last year or so. Looking forward to it, sir. Thank you. Okay. Take care, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. The Baptist home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by The Baptist Home, go to www.thebaptisthome, that's all one word, .org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams asking you to be a voice for the aging.